On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. And on today's show, we're going to talk about Derek Jeter. I mean, the captain. He he's been tweeting about this. He's on he's on he's on Instagram now. He's on Twitter. He's out there in the world, uh, getting everybody excited about Jeter. I knew something was coming because guys don't just jump on social media for no reason. Like he went back and found a dude's tweet from like 2013 that says Derek Jeter needs to get on Twitter. And then of course he goes back to that. So, you know, well played, Tom Brady esque. And then of course, what did Derek Jeter do that's just like uh Tom Brady? We'll talk about that later in the show. We're going to talk a little bit about the Locked On Sports Group has put together a top 50 players that impact the betting lines the most. And then, we, of course, we have the Daily Three, um, some Vikings talk in there. We'll talk all-star game performances. And then quarterback carousel in Minnesota. Could there potentially be some new blood in the water for the three quarterbacks entering the season? We'll discuss that in the daily three as I bring my producer and Sam Ekstrom and before we jump into this conversation before we talk about Derek Jeter and what he has going on we have a word from our sponsors betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs find your favorite sport and events at the number one online source for odds lines and games find reviews and news of every league including MLB NFL NBA NHL combat sports esports and golf bet online continues to be the top online resource for your sports wagering info you've got live in-game betting options there scores and podcasts they have you covered head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening bet online where the game starts well yeah sam as we jump into this conversation about Derek jeter He's going to do a documentary like Tom Brady. So like Tom Brady, he jumped on social media, kind of took the world by storm. You see him doing some daddy-daughter stuff in the car uh, where his wife has to tell him, like, hey, just answer and she'll stop asking you questions. So, you know, it's even good to see even the captain deals with the daily dad stuff that we all deal with. Kids asking us questions that really don't matter and don't make sense at the time, but they just have to get that question off their chest or they're going to die. Um, but Derek Jeter is doing a documentary on ESPN. It's going to be kind of Brady-esque. But the question of the day, Sam, you asked me this. What sports, Minnesota sports figure, would I like to see a documentary about? I don't think there is an easier answer. And this is where I kind of uh, went back and forth with this. It, I thought it was an easy answer, but then I'm going to go back to the Justin Jefferson and Edwards poster board. It's Randy Moss and Kevin Garnett. I think those are the two because, I mean, honestly, if you think about Randy Moss, all the colleges he went to that what could have, should have been, Notre Dame, Florida State. I mean, just think of the first round overall pick he could have been at Florida State with Chris Winkie or at Notre Dame with that with that team, that running game, that just the, the bravado of playing all the big names, USC, Randy Moss versus USC, like, come on. And then... You look at Kevin Garnett, high school kid, 
you know, 17 years old, about to get millions and millions of dollars, comes to Minnesota, lives with his friends, um, so on and so forth. And then even further down the road, the whole like Minnesota, Glenn Taylor, uh, Kevin Garnett. And my guess is, I, I think it's coming. It might come. It might come, whether it's on a big scale or a smaller scale. Kevin Garnett has to get, because now the team is now owned by a new ownership group. Mark Laurie has now taken over ownership with Alex Rodriguez. Well, now you can talk about Glenn Taylor. Once once that final ink is dry and Glenn Taylor's Glenn Taylor, you know, the ghost is kind of in the closet now. Those bones are in the closet. Kevin Garnett may be able to tell, he may be able to tell what really happened or why he really felt the way he felt about Minnesota. And really, and we know he doesn't hold back. So those are two. I mean, I couldn't really pick one um between those two. I think those are easy answers for me. What about you, Sam? Yeah, Moss and KG are definitely two of the most compelling characters. And they've also had variations of shows about them already to talk about certain parts of their life. Like Randy Moss had the 30 for 30 where they talked about his upbringing in Rand, West Virginia. And I think KG did mm -hmm. something with Showtime. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of a character who isn't as well documented that I want to know more about. That's the challenge for me. And there's so many compelling Vikings characters over the years. Um, like, if you look at a lifelong of, uh, of accomplishments, Bud Grant, like the Bud Grant documentary, going back to when he was a player, then a Vikings coach, and now he's just this mythical figure who's like 95 and still hosting garage sales. I mean, that, that is someone whose life is interesting enough for me to, to watch a documentary. Um, but Kirby Puckett, you know, another compelling Minnesota sports figure, someone who was gone way too early someone who had a very complex end to their career uh, with the, the early retirement. He had trouble off the field after he retired, but he was a hero on the field. That's kind of an interesting figure who we didn't hear enough from. Um, so I think revisiting him would be pretty compelling too, because that, that's a figure that before Moss and KG came around, you might say was the number one sports figure in Minnesota um, you know, of all time up until about the turn of the century. Yeah, I mean, so Bud Grant, I mean, I get it. There's, I didn't grow up here, so I don't have that love for Bud Grant where it's like I just got to hear his story. Um, the the Kirby Puckett, him not being around, I don't want – I hate when people try to tell other people's stories. Um, that's why I love some of these, like, first-person told stories because whether they lie or not, at least you're getting their verbiage or their, um, their view of their story. Uh, the Kirby Puckett one could get weird because some people might try to like, you know, just be in the story and start telling stories that didn't happen. Like, oh, I remember we were in a hotel and like that never happened. Um, so I, I struggle with some of those when, when guys are gone and then people try to add on, you know, to their story and it didn't happen. Like they tried to become a chapter in somebody's story and literally you were a letter uh, in a page. So. Um, another one I thought of, and this is gonna, this is maybe the way I'll take it out as we burn the Minnesota fans. Steph Curry's story, like he's he's in Minnesota history, like he's a Minnesota guy, like the whole Johnny Flynn, Steph Curry, Ricky Rubio three way story. Like I'd love for them to tell that story, like Steph Curry to really say, you know, like did you really not want to come to Minnesota, um, or were you fine with it? Like were you okay with it? And that was more so of. Minnesota maybe and not feeling like you were the guy like who knows what that was because again he was at Davidson so let's get that straight if he went to Duke 
I don't think there would have been any questions. If he had went to Michigan or Michigan State, I don't think there would have been any questions. Um, but but Davidson, you know, if he went to North Carolina, I mean, he was right there. He grew up in that area. He's a, he's a you know, Carolina fan. If he went to North Carolina, I don't think we're having this conversation, even South Carolina. I don't think we're questioning, should Steph Curry, you know, can he be good? It's Davidson. So it's always going to be like, well, how's the – because Gonzaga's players, if you're not Jalen Suggs or Chet Holmgren, Gonzaga's players get that same, like, are they really good? Or is it the competition that they play? And so the mm-hmm. Steph Curry, like, I, I would love to see that story. Minnesota fans might not like it. But I like to see that. Like, the NBA draft year with Steph Curry story with – but get Rubio in there to tell his side. Get Johnny Flynn back. Let's like, have Johnny Flynn, you know, like, give his thoughts. Like, do you really feel like you were a bust? Like, are you mad that everybody wishes they never would have drafted you and drafted Steph Curry? Like, let him tell that story. I think that could actually be compelling as well. But that's who I want. I, I see Sam's going old school. I mean, you know what? I know you don't want this one, but I'd love to hear the Kirk Cousins documentary. With Most Mike boring Zimmer. documentary it's- of all time. Okay, if you're going to bring Zimmer into it, fine. We bring Zimmer in. You have the you ha- exactly like you have. Remember the uh, Belichick and uh, Parcells. Remember they did one about when they finally left and how they became friends again. Not to say Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer will ever be friends, but I'd love to get the Zimmer. Kirk Cousins story like the actual truth have some players you know tell some stuff that's not out there because I guarantee there's a lot of stuff that happened in that building get former coaches and and, and it, whether you got to go with the black dot over their face and and, and the voice modulator because they don't want to be named this <laughs> nor but just be like yeah with the black box yeah, I just I remember the time <laughs> where Mike Zimmer walked right past Kirk Cousins and knocked his books out of his hand you know like just let's be able to tell that story. You know, Kirk and Mike were the only two people in the lunchroom eating, and they were both on opposite ends of the room. And we all walked in and were like, this is super awkward. Like, stuff like that. Like, I would love for that story to be told because that could be sensational. Like, that that would capture everybody because you're going to have Zimmer, who that's a national story, and you're going to have Kirk, who stays in the national media. So that, that wouldn't be a bad, like, two-way, you know, they don't even have to be in the same room to tell. Like, Zimmer maybe can finally say, like, it's not that I didn't like Kirk. This is why, you know, whatever it is. Um, but as we jump into this middle segment, Sam, with this Locked On series of the impactful players, there are some names on this list. And when you look at the ones that have come up right now, like the ones that are on this list now, and then going forward, uh, who's going to continue up? You can kind of throw it out there. What's, what's, uh, what's the question? And, you know, kind of who's yep. on that list? And then we can go from there. Yeah, so Locked On Sports is doing this really cool thing in conjunction with our sponsor, Bet Online, where they're ranking the top 50 players based on impact on betting lines. So how does that player swing the line if they're not in the game? Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook were in uh, the latest tweet, which ranked 31 through 40. They're counting down 10 each day. Jefferson and Cook each moved the line one point. To me, that's that's surprising. I've always felt like receivers are more impactful than running backs, um, but they are given the same value on the sports book. So tell me, do you think that in reality, is Justin Jefferson equal value as Dalvin Cook to this team, or is that way off base? So I don't really understand the one point. So are they saying like if Justin Jefferson doesn't play, it's only a one-point swing in the bet? That's the way I interpret it, yeah. 
And if Dalvin Cook doesn't play, so like, and so this is where I go. Like, are they saying like if Dalvin doesn't play as one point, or if Justin Jefferson doesn't play as one point, and if they both don't play, is it two points, or is there new math to that? Because one plus one equals two, but that doesn't seem like that would be the right answer there. Um, so I'm guessing, yeah, no, there has to be more to it. Um, same value to their team. This is okay. So I get the bet online thing. I get everybody's trying to figure stuff out. This is just hypothetical. Um, I completely disagree with that number. Um, I think if you're missing a Justin Jefferson, that's a bigger swing. I think if you're missing a Dalvin Cook. So value combined, yes, I do agree. I do agree that Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson hold the same value. And this is why, though. And this is, I would say, in Zimmer's offense or team, no. They did not hold the same value. Within Zimmer's scheme, I felt like um, Dalvin Cook might have been a little bit more impactful at times compared to just based off the way they wanted to play because they wanted to run the ball. They wanted, like you said, on second and long, they were going to run the ball. Now, we did see Dalvin out and Alexander Madison come in, and the Vikings stay with the Seahawks. We know Madison can get you 100 yards. Uh, we have not experienced a no Justin Jefferson game yet, so we don't know what the, like, the receiving core looks like. But in the Mike Zimmer, I'd say Dalvin. In the Kevin O'Connell, I'm going to say Justin. And this is why. If you think about the receiving core without Justin Jefferson, K.J. Osborne and Adam Thielen, do they give you the same type of explosion and scariness without a Justin Jefferson on the field? The answer is no. Um, and that's where I think Justin Jefferson with this offense deserves more i think it's a bigger like it has to be like a two or three point swing in my opinion if justin jefferson's out in this offense dalvin cook i don't see it as much because i think you know if you look at the rams running backs and again i'm only going off what the rams did you look at the rams running backs it was kind of a running back by committee and all the guys were kind of serviceable mm -hmm. they did what they had to do but at the end of the day first and first and uh, 10 they're throwing something second and 10 they're probably throwing something again to get to a third manageable if it's third and short then they might run the ball. Uh, if it's third, you know, mid, they have to throw third long. Of course, they have to throw or they run a draw and live the punt. But that was Sean McVay. This is Kevin O'Connell, even though he learned from him different. So I'd say this year, I don't agree with that based off this offense. I would say Justin Jefferson is going to move that needle as far as the points being in and out versus Dalvin Cook. But that's that's where I'm going to go with it. I'm just looking at it from an offense standpoint. And we have no clue. Like, literally, we're all speculating what this offense could look like. We really don't know. Like, Kevin O'Connell might come out and just run a pro-style offense with three receivers, a tight end, and a running back, and then two running backs and, and three receivers, and then a tight end, two wides, and two running I mean, we really don't know. We keep just saying, oh, it's going to be one back because the Rams didn't really use a fullback. But he likes C.J. Ham. And the one thing a lot of coaches make the mm -hmm. mistake is they come in and they don't use the vital pieces of the offense. Um, so that's where I'm going to go. Justin Jefferson gets the edge in that he should have a little bit more. I do agree their value are both high, but I think Justin gets the edge a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting because Dalvin Cook with Mike Zimmer would touch the ball 25 times a game. Justin Jefferson right. would touch it between 5 and 10, you know, 10 max. Right. But at the same time, the drop-off from Jefferson – to somebody else. And remember, we've never seen what that looks like. I mean, since the time Jefferson right. started, he's played every game. So we've never really seen them without him. Um, but the drop-off from Jefferson to the next guy, I think, is greater than Cook to the next running back. Because running back production is so based on the, the blocking and the situation. And I, I think that going forward, 
I think you're right. I think we're, we are going to see a lot more running back by committee. But here's the real tell, Ron. The tell, base, and I know that you know betting lines don't always mirror reality, but look at Marcus Mariota at number 32. He has mm -hmm. a 1.5-point swing. That's Marcus Mariota. That is a bottom-of-the-league starting quarterback who has a greater impact on the betting line than Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. That's crazy to me. Um, and that's because there's so little quality quarterback play. If you lose your starter and you're going to a backup quarterback, there is such a drop-off, whereas there's more richness in the skill players. So you can survive with backup receivers and backup running backs more easily than you can with quarterbacks. So I'm interested to, to follow this list and see, okay, well, if that's what Marcus Mariota's impact is, what is Kirk Cousins' impact? What is Aaron Rodgers' impact? Are we getting up into five, six, seven points? I think we probably will by the time we get uh, down to the top 10. Yeah, and, and so that's that's what I'm saying. Like the quarterbacks, yeah, Mariota's getting you one and a half. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> I mean, we saw Jordan Love. So Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be, I mean, he's going to bring a pretty penny. I mean, I think every quarterback will, but the fact that we're at 31 um, and you're getting Devontae Adams in that, you're – I mean, it has to be every quarterback moving forward. Like, I can't see. I mean, there maybe there's a couple that you're like, ah, it doesn't matter. Um, but it has to be at least 22 to 23 quarterbacks coming up with if they're out, what happens. I think the Vikings, um, I mean, they might not say Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback, uh, but I feel like the Vikings with the backup situation, Kirk might be the biggest number. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see the next 30 and, and what those look like. Um, but, yeah. Now it's time for the part of the show that I love. It's the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. Thanks, Ron. But first, let me tell you about BlueNile.com, the original online jeweler since 1999. They've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. They're committed to ensuring the highest ethical standards are observed when sourcing diamonds and jewelry. Whether you're customizing an engagement ring or designing diamond stud earrings, online jeweler Blue Nile will allow you to create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Expert advice 24-7, legendary service with 30-day returns when you commit to a piece, so does Blue Nile. Guaranteed service and repair for life. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Lockdown Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. And this podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free. Find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Last year, the Vikings brought in Bashad Breland. Mackenzie Alexander trying to solidify the cornerback position. And I think we all agreed that these were, at minimum, solid signings, maybe even good signings. Turns out those two players ended up toward the bottom of the league in most of the metrics. Uh, did not go well, honestly, uh, despite we like McKenzie. You know, Bashad seemed like he had something left in the tank. Didn't work out. Um, so are there any free agents this year, Ron, that concern you in the same way? Someone who the Vikings brought in who people might be excited about, but you are worried about. Um, you know what? The one I'm going to go with just, and I, and I don't think it'll be glaring. I don't think we'll notice it much. Um, so I guess two, I'd say, um, Shannon Sullivan, Shannon Sullivan. I think that's one. 
Um, the fact that, you know, when we're when they're doing these DB rankings across the NFL, a lot of people aren't throwing him in the starting five. Um, so that's a little bit concerning. Like what what don't they think? Or is it one of those things where the Vikings and the Packers just aren't on the same level? Um, I think that happens sometimes where when you throw a guy out there and he's with one team, you love him up because we know they love the Packers defense. And then you throw him with the Vikings. And after Mike Zimmer's defense, like Ben Lieber said, has been at the bottom the last two years. Um, maybe they're just downplaying, you know, him being in this group with all these older guys. And then these young, like it's literally just old or young. There's no like middle ground of just solid vet. It's an old guy and then there's young guys and they just came together and made a DB sandwich with Shannon Sullivan. So that's that's a concerning one because nickel in today's NFL, when you're playing the Packers, um, looks like the 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 uh, the Bears are going to try to do this now. And then you look at the teams they're playing like the Cardinals, uh, like the Eagles, uh, like the Saints. That third receiver is dangerous. And so they play a lot of teams this year that throw the ball. Um, I mean, even the Colts, you know, they have a new quarterback. So I think that nickel spot is going to be a little bit concerning whether that becomes a Cam Bynum because, again, he played cornerback in college. He's drafted the organization. All these coaches are new. But that one for me. And then, of course, Phillips. Uh, and the only reason uh, Harrison Phillips is just because uh, coming into that spot, that's that that was the issues last year was stopping the run. So what does that look like? You know, can he be a true run stopper? Is he going to be a true piece of this 3-4 defense? Um, but those two just be concerns. Harrison Phillips, not so much as Chandon Sullivan, just because of the fact that I haven't, you know, it hasn't been a great, like, oh, my God, that was a great signing for the Vikings. Yeah, Sullivan being a cornerback, it can be a little concerning because any cornerback learning a new system could be exposed. Because when you're a cornerback, you are on such an island if you find yourself in a one-on-one -on -one situation and if you don't know where to be, then that's a problem. So Sullivan is probably susceptible to that, even though I think he's had a strong you know, start to his career in Green Bay. And I would worry about Jesse Davis too. I mean, if Jesse Davis is your right guard starter, I haven't seen anything statistically yeah, in his career yep. that suggests he has a lot of, of high ceiling. So I would worry about that. Uh, big night for the Twins in the All-Star game. Byron Buxton... Hits the go-ahead home run that eventually propels the American League to a win, a 3-2 win. And Luisa Rise works a single off a flame-throwing right-hander who I think was dealing 103 miles an hour, and he got a single off his curveball. Uh, so people are pretty pumped about the Twins. Buxton goes deep. Arise does what he does. Uh, Ron, what do you make of the Twins' all-star game performances? I think it was solid. The fact that people are even arguing this MVP conversation that if Buxton was a Yankee, um, he'd be the MVP. But, I, you know, it's stats. They're going off of runs batted in. That was one big one. Stanton got two. Buxton got one. So it is what it is. Buxton did do the go. Like you said, the go ahead home run was his, but without the two run shot. Um, so you, it's 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 apples to oranges in that in that instance. It's just both hit home runs. Both mattered. Um one just had one guy on, and the other one's a solo. So I, I, I think it was a great performance by both. Um, it was again health. I just I'm just glad they came back healthy. Um, that that was my take from it. Just come back healthy. Don't do anything to overextend yourself. That's you know being in the MVP race. Even that gets a little scary um, because when you're in that MVP race, and you know early on you're like, okay, here's where we are. We're up three to two. If I make this play, this play, and this play, maybe I'm an MVP. That's where it can get a little scary, where they might try too hard or jump off the wall, run up the wall like Bo Jackson or something. You know, just something ridiculous to get hurt. Uh, but, yeah, no, 
nothing happened. Everybody's healthy. I think the Twins players play well um, on the big stage. I'm loving the storylines as well from some of these teams that didn't fly their players out there because of whatever's going on within the organization and money. Like, oh, they offered them a commercial flight. It's like, dude, they gave you a free flight, though. Like, just because they didn't charter the owner's jet for you, like, that's news now. But, no, they did well. Um, I, I think other than that, you know, another guy out there, like I said, was Stanton. You know, he was the MVP. If if Buxton is a Yankee, is that true? I don't know. I don't think so. If Buxton hits two a two-run shot to go up and Stanton hit the one-run shot to, you know, bring a one back, then, yeah, then, then you can say, okay, Buxton is the MVP. I don't think they give it to Stanton. You know, like, flip that. If, if Buxton had the two-run shot and Stanton had the solo – do they still give it to Stan because he was the go-ahead? I don't think so, but saying it out loud, maybe, because he's a Yankee. Like, I don't know, but I don't <laughs> think so. I think they would have given it to Buxton. But saying it out loud, I was like, damn, maybe. Maybe if it was Stanton, they would have done that. Like, oh, he gave us the – he hit the home run to win the game, and we're going to – you know, he put us ahead. Maybe. I don't know. They love the Yankees. They don't know the Twins as much, but that's just my take. Yeah, Yankee bias. I, I think Matt behind the scenes might have the tweet of how many twins have actually homered in the All-Star game, and it's a pretty short list. He joins Killebrew, Puckett, and Dozier. Uh, that's pretty good company, as uh, Doe Park points out in the tweet. Uh, that's pretty cool for Buxton. AL wins their ninth consecutive All-Star game. The Vikings made a roster move yesterday. Nate Stanley, the fourth-string quarterback, was waived which opens up a roster spot, Ron. So my question for you is, is there another quarterback that they'll bring in to be the fourth string? I don't know. It seems a little unlikely to me. I don't know why you would have that kind of urgency. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that there's a roster spot open for one Indomitian uh, Sue, Kyle Rudolph? What do you make of this? I do make of that. I, I think there is going to be a signing. I do feel like, like, I mean, Kyle Rudolph said he has like another week or two before he's, his summer's over. So I feel like guys like him and Sue, they're just waiting for training camp to kind of get right up to the, to the whiskers, you know, like July 30th. So they have time. Like, why, why get back? If I'm working out on my own, I know what kind of shape I need to be in to, to, to make somebody's training camp. Uh, yeah, I think there is room. I, I know, like, even Anthony Barr, you know, like, who knows? Like, there's a lot of guys out there on the street still that, you know, I don't think they're going to be stubborn where if a team's like, hey, man, we only have $2 million. Do you want to come be a part of a championship team? I don't see a guy saying no. You already look at uh, Sue, though. Like, that would be a good one as far as the fact of you now have – um, top 10 rated passer or pass rusher on Madden in Smith. And you still have Daniil Hunter, who in my opinion, if it was healthy, he'd be in that top 10. So you have two top 10 Madden rated pass rushers on this team. You add in Dominic Sue, you got Harrison Phillips. Like, yeah, that could be a scary, that could be a scary defense where you can go a hybrid 3-4 and a 4-3 because now you have those bodies and those pieces to move. Because if Sue is a true three technique, uh, but, you know, not as quick as it used to be, but can still eat up space. Um, hey, that 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 adds that, like, like with, with the meet me at the quarterback 2.0, as the Darius Smith calls it, Sue adds another level of like, hey, this defense is, is got some, got some, got some swagger back. Like that, that's a guy that offensive linemen don't want to mess with. I know he's not the same guy anymore. He's doing American meat commercials now, but hey, he's still a scary beast and can still be a bully when he wants to be. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think I don't think there's another quarterback per se because you can get a guy off the street 
um, at any time to come just throw and be your fourth quarterback. I truly believe with three, you want to get as much – like Kevin O'Connell wants to give as much work as possible to Kellen Moore. Like I think he wants to really see what he has in this guy. Like what? Like we they drafted you, or we, because it is a we now, but they, I mean, let's be real. They drafted you. What did they see in you? And these scouts are still here, so what did you guys see in him? And then I think that's going to be the goal. Like what can, can this guy be a true backup – or do we need to move on and draft a new quarterback next year? Yeah, I'm disappointed, Ron. I thought you were going to tell me that Kyle Sloter was going to fill that open roster spot. I thought that was going to be the the 90th man on the roster. No, it's it's probably going to be uh, probably a veteran. And I like that they might only take three quarterbacks into camp because I always feel like four is too many and the fourth guy doesn't really do anything. So, yeah, just keep it to the three you've got. You got four. Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell played quarterback. So when it comes to some of these drills and little things needed, like throwing the ball to the uh, to the running backs out the backfield and some of that other little stuff that fourth, because they usually have two quarterbacks on each side throwing the receivers and then two quarterbacks on each side throwing to the running backs and tight ends. I'm pretty sure we're going to see Kevin O'Connell out there dusting off the cleats. Coaches that can throw like Harbaugh, oh, they love, the they arm. live for that time. Yeah, they live for that time to be able to show the arm off in practice, throw a deep ball maybe to a receiver, showing the guys I still got it. Like, oh, yeah, and he's not old. So I can, I can throw some warm-up passes. So I know he can do it because he was an NFL quarterback and he was a star college quarterback. So Kevin O'Connell, I think that's the fourth quarterback in these training camp warm-ups and walkthroughs. And all. Like, he's going to be out there showing these guys, like, here's the play, here's what the play action should look like. I mean – and he wants to be a, a guy of Minnesota. He wants to be a man of the town. He's already been going to games. So why wouldn't he get out there and do a little play action deep ball to get the crowd, you know, cheering for him and he can get in the paper and get on SportsCenter and Care 11 and, you know, and be on TV. I mean, come on now. Kevin O'Connell, I think he, he know, he cut Stanley because he wants the time. Like, we'll see five out there. We'll see him in a jersey even probably or something. <laughs> uh but that'll do it for the Ron Johnson Show today. That's Sam Ekstrom. This is Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast Network. Again, you can search us on wherever you get your podcast, Anywhere, anytime. Download, take a subscribe. Let us know what you thought about today. Who would you like to see in a documentary of a Minnesota sports figurehead that's been in, the, in this town? Also, do you think Byron Buxton got screwed? And is Dalvin Cook more valuable than Justin Jefferson? Let us know. Comment, like, share, retweet. Have a great day.